Here's to those who wish us well, and those who don't can go to hell. <laughs> All right, who's dancing? Come on, who's dancing? You want me to, you want me to get it started? I'll get it Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. feet i'm um, kicking them they're little kicks no i think you need to give yourself a kick up the ass because that's not dancing <laughs> that's not what do you mean that's that's not dancing steven that's, what's what what do you mean that's not dancing you're not dancing <laughs> i'm not dancing you're thumbing and kicking the air Aww. as george says it's a full body drive heave uh dry heave set to music <laughs> sweet fancy moses <laughs> sweet fancy moses welcome to but i don't want to be a secondary character a seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our beloved show and yes we are talking about today the little kicks and the secondary characters from that one uh, yeah i wasn't really dancing i was just sitting shuffling my feet you were actually dancing yeah i was <laughs> you were you were dancing quite a lot considering you're sitting down in an office chair yeah no okay well you got me yeah <laughs> yeah well you needed to dance for me to give you genuine criticism otherwise it just would have sounded bad okay well you, you're quite the narcissist today yeah. aren't you you're quite uh, quite pessimistic <laughs> i'm not the one who dances terribly oh true true i've never seen you dance do you know if Stephen dances? Let us know. Uh, send us an email, bidwithuspodcast at gmail.com if you're one of Stephen's friends or family. Does Stephen dance well or not really? Nope. No? Nope. I oh. dance like a 50-year-old accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And <laughs> Quite rigid, huh? Yeah. 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 We Terrible. Also, yeah. We also have a website, bidwithus.com, and we are on social, Steve. That's right. At bidwithusk is our handle. We've got an email address as well. Podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts and uh, if you want to rate us or review us, that would be amazing. It would be amazing indeed. So the characters we're talking about today are uh, George's girlfriend, Anna, and then Brody, a very uh, dangerous character. Yeah, pretty yeah. intense guy. Very intense guy. Probably one of the most intense secondary characters I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, especially when he's got the gun. I think that changes everything. It's Definitely. Like, ooh, like he just shows his gun to Jerry. Yeah, like, he's not he's not sort of comically dangerous or intense. He's proper intense. Yeah. You know, someone yeah. you wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah, and especially when he borrows Kramer's baseball bat, he goes, yeah. Oh, can I can I borrow and he says in a nice voice, Can I borrow this? Yeah. And Kramer's like, Do you need a glove? Yeah. And he goes, Oh no. I like how naive Kramer is. Do you want a glove with that? He thinks he's taking it out to actually play baseball. Play ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's like, No. No. 
<laughs> just walks off like the worn out baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's had a few uh, few runs. Yeah, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. whoever received that baseball bat or whoever's kneecaps received that baseball bat obviously did a bad uh, bad bootleg. Yeah, cry, cry again to that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm sure he cried and cried again. Well, yes. Now, Stephen, you're going to deliver the first death blow of today. <laughs> Seinfeld news. How many segments do you have? Uh, let's see. We've got three. 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 Excellent. And coming up later on in the show, we've got Seinfeldisms, Seinfeld trivia, and a fan mail. Uh, we got a nice nice comment from uh, from a fan, so we like to mention that at the end of the show. So uh, stick around. It's going to be a fun hour. Let's get dancing, and uh, let's get into the news, huh? Okay, to kick off this week's Seinfeld news, uh, Alec Baldwin... Uh, who we're both pretty big fans of, I think. You mean Alex Baldwin? <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin. Did you see Donald Trump's tweet? No. Did you see Donald Trump, he like bagged Alec Baldwin? He's like, oh, did he Alex... something about his mediocre yeah, career? Yeah, he's like, Alex Baldwin, Alex his, Baldwin, his mediocre career. Good oh, one, Alex. Right. And it's like... And I, I, I retweeted it, and I did like quote tweet, and it was like, star, correction, Alec, yeah. <laughs> not Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Funny. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Oh, that's why I called him Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were serious. I thought, no, no. No, it's, it's Alec. No, if you've been following Trump's Twitter account right. in the last week, you, you know what I'm Alex talking about. Alex Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. Yeah, yep. and his mediocre career. Yeah. Yep. And his brother, Stuart Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pot calling the kettle black in terms of mediocre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, Alec Baldwin, uh, he has a new show. It's called Sundays with Alec Baldwin. Okay. And it's a talk show, basically like a late night interviewee sort of show, but without the sort of monologues and the, the, the sketch humor. It's more interview based, more yeah. conversation yeah. based. Yep. Um, and to start off, uh, he actually interviewed Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, okay, cool. I watched the interview. It was pretty boring. Um, <laughs> Is it stuff that you've seen before with yeah. Jerry? Yeah. It's just like the same kind of yeah. stuff. They talked about yeah. stuff that re- uh, Jerry's recently been involved in, like his Netflix deal, uh, the comedy specials that have come out and will come out on Netflix. They even touched on the fact that uh, Jerry's being sued uh, for apparently ripping comedians and cars off. Uh, comedians and cars getting coffee off from some producer guy. Um, they talked about what he said on the Ellen Show a few weeks ago, where he hinted that maybe the, there's a comeback in the pipeline for, yeah. for Seinfeld. Yeah. Just all the things, which you know, which was fine, but there was just no new information, so it was a bit bit boring. And because you and I talk about Seinfeld. And uh, you know, all across it, yeah, it just wasn't very interesting for me because it's like I already know this stuff. I talk about it every week. You do. I know more about this than probably Jerry does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one thing, saying that though, there is a caveat. So one thing that he did talk about that he doesn't normally. Um, Alex, uh, Alec asked him about. <laughs> you, you went what down have that you done? path too, haven't what have you? you? What have you done to me? <laughs> You've polluted me. Very mediocre podcast. Yeah. But I don't want to be a tertiary character. <laughs> <laughs> Very mediocre bunch of guys. Stuart and Ian. Stuart and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Just terrible uh, podcasters. Evan and, you know, Bevan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he talked to Jerry. <laughs> he talked to Jerry, um, basically, sort of like his success after Seinfeld and whether it changed him and whether he was. He actually asked him whether he was satisfied. Like, you know, has he? Does he want to do anything else in his career? And he basically said, and it kind of shines a light on the fact that he hasn't really done much 
after Seinfeld. I mean, he's done a few comedy tours. He did, he's done comedian in the cars getting coffee. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Other than that, he hasn't really done a lot in twenty years. No, compared to a lot of other except entertainers, li- except living off his royalties. Yeah, <laughs> except getting richer and richer and richer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and uh, he actually said that the three things that he aimed for when he started Seinfeld was he wanted obviously big money, he wanted a big audience. And he wanted to run his own show, or at least be one of the the main creative forces in his own show, all of which came true for him. You know, he earned shitloads of cash. Go figure. Still doing it, probably even more than ever. The audience was huge and still is huge. I mean, we're doing a bloody podcast about it. I know. 20 years later. I know. And, you know, he was a writer for the first seven seasons, and, uh, you know, the show was named after him. So, he kind of got the trifecta from the start yeah so after that he's like well I've, I've ticked off probably my biggest uh, professional or creative goal so I'm just going to sit back and and just yeah, enjoy it just yeah yeah live mm. off that satisfaction so that that part was really interesting from the interview but the the interview itself and the show overall was pretty dull oh well yeah it's only the first episode yeah you know? I mean it could get, sure better. get better I mean Alec yeah. you know Alec's pretty um, you know he's a pretty charming sort of charismatic guy so mm-hmm. hopefully you know once he gets into it it'll get better but maybe he should dress as Donald Trump yeah, impersonate him when he does, does that. He's like, now, now, Jerry, what do you think of aluminum and steel <laughs> in the United States? It's the best steel, the yeah, best. Yeah, let's start a trade war. Yeah, <laughs> because it's 1963. Oh well, the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, the ice cold war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> second bit of news: the there's a really well-known Twitter account called Seinfeld Current Day, where they that's right. You know, they they talk about Seinfeld, but through the lens of modern society. <laughs> they tweet out like plots. And, yes. You know, modern show ideas. That's if right. it was still a show. I think we follow them on Twitter. Yeah. So, hey, guys. Yeah. We've retweeted, we've retweeted, retweeted a few yeah. of their things. We've done that too. Yeah. So through the week, um, they put up a letter just out of the blue um, claiming... So it was a screenshot of a letter, a cease and desist letter that they re- that they claim they received. Uh, and it was addressed to them from Darden Restaurants. Who That's are the, Olive Garden, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's the parent company for Olive Garden. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in this letter, it didn't show the whole letter, just a, a section of it. And uh, it's, sorry, I should preface this by saying the first tweet that they sent. So uh, before the day before the letter, they put out a tweet um, basically congratulating uh, Olive Garden for not selling AR-15 rifles anymore. <laughs> because yeah, I saw that. I'm like, what, they sell rifles at Olive Garden? No, so it was just, it was just them making fun of the fact that like Walmart and a whole bunch of retailers in the U.S., have decided to stop, uh, oh, stop stocking right. AR-15 rifles. And they rifles. used Olive Garden, who's just like in a, a shitty Italian restaurant yeah, chain. Yeah, just a chain restaurant. And they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll have a bowl of uh, spaghetti and I'll have an AR-15, thanks. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it, okay. it, you know, I don't think they have anything against Olive Garden. They just picked they just a, a well-known company. Out of, out, of the random, out of the blue. Yeah, because a number, of, in case you didn't know, after the, the shooting in Florida a few weeks ago, you know, there's renewed interest in gun law debates and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of retailers um, have decided to stop stocking particular rifles yeah, uh, specifically yeah. AR15s because they're just so easy to get and, yeah um, yeah so they tweeted out this thing basically sort of making fun of the fact well not making fun but just making a joke out of the situation and congratulating Olive Garden for doing it um, even though Olive Garden don't stock guns <laughs> uh, and then the next day they tweeted what they um, sort of uh, y- you know what they led their their followers to believe was a real cease and desist letter <laughs> from Darden oh, Restaurants. So it wasn't a real letter. No, no, oh, no. It looked real I in the language. It was. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Oh. So, and right. in the, in the letter, um, they uh, Olive Garden basically 
asked this Twitter account to cease and desist the fact that they're implying that Olive Garden stock guns, <laughs> yeah. you know, just... <laughs> I didn't realise it was a joke. So it was, it was a joke. Real. But then Olive Garden released a statement denying that they'd sent the cease and desist letter. Right. Um, saying that... Which they didn't. No, they didn't. So, yeah, yeah it's sort of this three-layered thing that happened just from a joke tweet. So it was it was kind of weird. That is weird. Yeah. Olive Garden. Yeah. I was like, I don't sell rifles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, cool. the, the... American humour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it was just a... I don't think it was deliberate. It just sort of happened by accident. Um, so uh, Darden Restaurants uh, actually said, like, publicly, I think it was in an article by Business Insider, actually, um, they, they've said, and I quote, our legal team has not been in contact with this individual or individuals, referring to the people or person who runs the Twitter account, um, and, uh, and sent them the message that was posted. So they flat, <laughs> flat out denied that the letter was, was real. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, they, maybe one of the, whoever, whoever runs that account, maybe they went into an olive garden the day before and had a bad meal or, yeah. you know, and they just decided to have a dig. I don't know. I don't know. It, was just, it just happened to be Olive Garden. Like yeah. could have been McDonald's or yeah. Burger King. Or, I was trying to think, yeah. do Olive Garden have a link to Seinfeld? And I, I can't remember it ever being mentioned. Yeah, or, I don't remember like a scene ever being no. in Seinfeld. I think the Olive Garden's what? Isn't it like a franchise? Yeah. Italian food? It's like a chain. A chain, I think yeah. it runs on a franchise model, but it's just like a chain Italian restaurant. It's like... Italian restaurant, but in fast food. So it's like our La Porchetta, I guess. Yeah. In Melbourne. Yeah. 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 But okay. even more like chainy and, yeah. you know, fa- it's bordering on like fast foody. Can I have a mixed spaghetti, please? Yeah. Probably. Mick bolognese. Probably, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I know. I've never been there, but no. yeah. If you know what the reference is, if there is a reference to Seinfeld, get in touch with us and enlighten yeah. us because I couldn't figure anything out. Australians have no idea yeah. <laughs> about Olive Garden jokes. No. So. no. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard of Taco Bell jokes. Yeah, I mean, I know, know what Olive Garden is. Yeah. I just didn't know what the link to Seinfeld was or whether it was just a randomly picked restaurant to, yeah. to make a joke out of. I don't who know. Knows? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, the final bit of news, Cleveland Cavaliers, the uh, NBA team, one of their players, J.R. Smith, uh, he was suspended through the week for one game um, for, I believe it was on-court abuse, verbal abuse. I think, okay. he just, I think he just mouthed off at a ref or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. So TNT, who was a, a channel in America, they posted a fun video, basically just having a bit of a cheeky dig um, at him. Yeah. Uh, and what they've done is they've taken the uh, the soup Nazi scene where mm-hmm. when they first go in there, where Jerry and George go in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, Jerry orders his soup, he gets it. That's right. And George, then George asks George for bread. George gets it. Yeah, he asks yeah. for bread, he doesn't get $3. it. Three dollars. Yeah, and then yeah. the soup's confiscated right. from him. Right, And uh, TNT have superimposed J.L. Smith, the player who was suspended, LeBron, Dr- uh, LeBron James, and another player called Tyron Lue. I'm not yeah. sure who that is. Okay. They've superimposed, photoshopped their heads over the Soup Nazi. <laughs> Jerry and George. Jerry and George. Oh, fabulous. In that scene. So JR was the Soup Nazi? No, no. JR was um, the. Was George. Okay. Because oh, he, yeah. he had his soup taken away. Oh, sure. sure. He was, you know, he had, he had the game taken away from him. Oh, right. Yeah. And okay. I, think, I think LeBron James was the Soup Nazi. Yeah. Because he's uh, like the most dominant dude yeah, on the court. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he does yeah. he does crush. He's, yeah. a, he's an amazing player. Yeah. And uh, Tyron Lue, I think, was just uh, Jerry, you know, sort of just off to the side. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, JR, don't do that. Yeah. Come on, JR. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't think they're having a genuine dig at him. I think it was just a bit of a, 
bit cheeky. of a fun thing. Yeah. Oh, nice. Just oh, that's to make cool. fun of him. Yeah. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Ah, cool. So, I mean, it's like badly superimposed heads. Ah, well. And it's like Terence and Philip from South Park <laughs> mouths, like moving up and down as they're talking. <laughs> I got to check that out. Yeah. Maybe but it's deliberately pod, yeah. bad just to, yeah. you know, for comedic effect. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Excellent. Thanks so much, Steve. When we come back, we're going to talk about the secondary characters, Anna and Brody, and maybe a little bit about the street vendor as well. I got a, might have a couple of notes about him. And uh, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 4, The Little Kicks. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh, stick with us. Uh. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Hey, that was a party. The food was good. Yeah, so I didn't miss anything? Well, actually, you did miss one little nugget of entertainment. <laughs> Have you ever seen Elaine dance? Elaine dance? It's more like a full-body dry heave set the music. Did she do the little kicks and the thumbs? What, you mean you know about this? For some time. You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character, and today we're talking about the little kicks. Yeah, Season 8, Episode 4 of Seinfeld, and uh, we've got a couple of secondary characters we're talking about. That's uh, one or two more than last week, you know, when we talked about Joel from Male Unbonding. Yeah. we got like two or three now. Woo-hoo. I, last week's episode was, I think, 52 or 54 minutes. Yeah. And I was listening back to it through the week, and I, I made a note of uh, when we started talking about Joel, it was at 30 minutes. Oh, wow. So more than halfway, which was fine. Yeah, like, It was yeah. a good episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah. But, you know, there was just so little secondary characters to talk about um yeah well these days we're like a secondary character show but we've got like it's mm. like a variety show kind like of, a seinfeld yeah. theme variety show we got like other things you know it's true seinfeldisms coming up seinfeld trivia and some fan mail later on yeah you know, that's we, true we get, we get lots of things and we're going to talk about our live event coming up sunday week we'll uh, give a bit more if you don't know about it already <laughs> we'll give you a bit more information about it yeah yeah Cool. Why don't we talk about the episode? Yeah. Season 8, Episode 4, The Little Kicks. First aired in the US, October 10, 1996. Directed by Andy Ackerman. Written by Spike Ferriston. Elaine reluctantly lets George attend a company party where he attempts to hit on one of her employees, Anna, played by Rebecca McFarland. She's not interested in him. Uh, George is horrified... Sweet fancy Moses. Uh, when he sees Elaine dance to the tune of Shining Star by Earth, Wind and Fire. That's the song that's the instrumental version of the song that you heard at the start of the episode or about our episode. Boom doon. It's a good song. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a very good song. I agree. It was released in 1975, Okay. and it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, it's a classic song. Yeah, I know. Not one of their biggest... Oh, I guess it is one of their biggest, Earth, Wind & Fire. It yeah. hit number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like the disco era. Yeah. You know, very yeah. disco yeah. kind of tune. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Elaine dancing the little kicks causes the rest of her staff to lose respect for her in the process. Elaine thinks that it's George who's causing her staff to go against her, and Anna becomes attracted to George after thinking he's a bad boy, <laughs> to Elaine's disdain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bad seed. One of the bad worst seed. seeds. Is that your orthopedic back pillow? <laughs> uh, just say yes or no. Uh, no. What's the medication? It's like... It's it's, it's like, like some constipation it's like fiber, medicine. Fibercon or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 Something that old yeah. people have to, have to take to <laughs> stay regular. It. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, no, it's actually... No, that would have been Frank's because that's Frank's car. Yeah. I said that was that's Frank's. That's the joke. Yeah, that's yeah. the joke. Yeah. yeah. Same with the orthopedic pillow. <laughs> and I love how Frank makes an appearance at the end yeah. of the episode. You want a piece of me? Apparently, it took a whole night. I read that, you know, before we get into trivia and, you know, I jump in a bit earlier. 
they took like a whole night to record that scene because every time Jerry or Stiller would say, you want a piece of me? Elaine would start, oh, Julia Louie would start pissing herself laughing. That would be really hard like, to maintain control. She did it like 30 times. Like yeah. they, and, and, and at one point, I, I watched an interview with Julia. She was talking about this episode and she was like, I didn't think we'd ever get the take. Like mm. we th- I thought we'd be there all night and they'd be like, I'll just cut the cut the episode. Yeah. You know, just it's not going to work. We've yeah. been here for like three hours. You I'd know, love to see the outtakes it. from that. Yeah, there are, there are outtakes. Oh, really? On YouTube, yeah. Oh, you can watch them out. You can watch all the outtakes for um for that. Or, awesome. You know, a select few. Yeah. But every time, you know, Jerry says, you want a piece of me? Well, Julie Louie just, she just can't cut yeah. up herself. I think it's yeah. funnier because it just comes out, even though Frank's a pretty aggressive, angry guy, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, he just... You want you a piece just, of me? He just wants to fight Elaine yeah. for no real reason. And then Elaine gets uh, her yeah. comeuppance and yeah. beats him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't like slowly escalate into that. He just all of a sudden wants well, to fight wants her. Wants to fight her, yeah. I think that's what makes it funnier because it's not, you can't see it happen. Yeah. You can't see it, um, you know, you just can't see it coming. And they're both aggressive people, so it yeah. works out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jerry gets sneak peek tickets to death. <laughs> and invites Kramer. Uh, he asks Jerry if he can bring his friend Brody, Neil Giuntoli, uh, Giuntoli, I think, Giuntoli? Yeah. Uh, yeah, along, forcing Jerry to get another ticket. At the theatre, Brody starts taping the film to make bootleg copies to sell on the streets. He gets sick after eating too much candy and requests Jerry to finish filming. Brody shows his concealed gun to Jerry when he refuses, and Jerry continues to shoot the film. The next day, Brody is so impressed with Jerry's work that he gives him another job, this time to shoot the art house film Cry, Cry Again. <laughs> when Kramer stuffs up filming, Jerry returns to bootlegging and becomes a street legend, eventually quitting bootlegging after a disagreement with Brody. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm off the project. Elaine, after realising her dancing stinks, apologises to Anna and George and says that he is a good person, which makes him undesirable to Anna. George is arrested after trying to bootleg Cry Cry again <laughs> and reveals his weakness in front of Anna when he cries after a policeman yells at him. <laughs> As we mentioned before, Frank Estanza makes an appearance and Elaine gets into an off-screen fight with him and in the credit scene, it's implied that Elaine beat him. Yeah. It's like he cashed... No, she, he, he drew the check, he wrote the check, I, I cashed, cashed Yeah. 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 Good line. Uh, the episode ends with people on the street mocking Elaine's dancing after footage of this at the end of Cry Cry Again. That's such a good scene. Yeah. I love how they all just all of a sudden break out into the same dance. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. Now, other secondaries include Joe Erler as Dugan. He's one of Elaine's co-workers. And Tim O'Hare as the bootleg vendor in the credit scene. Yep. Yeah. Cool. There you go. What trivia have you got? Trivia. So did you know, according to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the key to the comedy in her dancing was to look as ridiculous as possible yep. uh, while keeping her face full of confidence and thorough enjoyment. She uh, nailed it. Yeah, she really did. Um, she said it was important for her to look like a fool but also be funny. And uh, she said in this sense, although she was deliberately dancing poorly, she was going for a feeling of humiliation. Yeah. So she wanted people to like laugh at her rather than with her. Yep. So yeah, I think it worked really nice. One little touch that I think added another element to the hilarity of her dancing is the woo! Is oh, her yeah, little, the, is her woo, cheering? Yeah. The, the woo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As well, and like the clapping. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, and, she gets like the clap in like yeah. during one of the beats. Like, yeah. Doosh. But it's completely yeah. off time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. the dancing is off time, but a clap just comes out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, it's just like, ooh, it's yeah, like fun. <laughs> yeah. There's just no zero rhythm. And I love how her coworkers like dance behind her back. Yeah, just, like do like this. Yeah. And I love how they wrote like one of the Jay Peterman, you know, catalog lines, and yeah. they're like, you know, the, the arms feet, flailing, the, and ki- the feet snick- kick up dust, yeah. and they'll start laughing, and they're all snickering. Yeah, and someone I'll, throws a paper airplane. Yeah, all I like right, I like Anna's that. line. I was like, yeah, uh, did you enjoy the work Christmas party? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a real kick. It was a real kick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yankees jacket. 
Where'd you get that? Oh, it it's was mine. In, it was in the yeah, it was mine. Yep. It looks like something that would fit a short, stocky, dim-witted, dim-witted bald man, slow-witted, slow-witted, bald man. Yeah, he's not stocky. He's not stocky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he actually is. Though. He actually is. Yeah, and he's. I don't know who. She, I don't know who she's hanging out with if uh, she thinks that George isn't stocky. Well, we'll talk about her and see. Uh, you know, maybe she's got a particular personality trait. You know, mm. maybe she just. Like stocky men, but she doesn't see it. Who knows? I guess we'll talk about her in a minute, and we'll uh, we'll analyze it, huh? Yeah. Um. In the opening scene, you know, Jerry tells Kramer that by walking on the inside of the sidewalk, an air conditioner could fall on you if it fell out. Mm-hmm. It's a reference to season five's The Glasses. That's where uh, Jerry's air conditioning unit falls out of his window into the sidewalk below, injuring a dog. That's true. Yes. When George tries to get his glasses, you know, and he has to have the grandma frames. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, another bit of trivia. So, in a conversation with uh, Jerry, George incorrectly identifies his father's car, uh, which he uses to impress Anna, as a 1968 GTO, but it's actually a 1967. That extra year, mm. every time, it always makes a difference. It does. You, know, you can definitely you can see the difference between 67 and 68. Yeah, I could tell the difference. I could away. tell. I, I looked at the like the fenders and the bumpers and yep. and everything and the color. I thought, no, that's that that's not 68. That's like come on, pre- guys. 68. I mean, that's ridiculous. You're running a fucking sitcom here. Yeah. What are you doing? I know. It's like when... Get your years right, you it, bloody amateurs. It's like when people say, oh, there's a film that was released or set in 1964, but they mm. used a 1971 yep. Pontiac. It's like, who cares? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's just, it looks like people an old care. car. I know. Still. People take that shit very seriously. Oh, I'm sure they do. Car enthusiasts. My Hello, fa- car enthusiasts. My father is a car enthusiast. Oh, he, hey, I mean, hey he, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. he guessed it on uh, episode 10 of season one way back when way with back my when. mother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my dad's a very big... Cars are sort of his passion. Yeah, yeah. And that would... I don't know whether it would bother him, but it would be something that he would think about. Right. You know, if he knew what a 67 and a 68 GTO looked like and he was watching the episode... And he could he would He would probably say... He'd be like, hang on a minute, that's a 67, not a 68. Who are these amateurs? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Bloody so. Seinfeld riders can't get anything right, nope. can they? Nope. Terrible. All soft. All soft. Shall we talk about Anna? Sure. Played by Rebecca McFarland. She's known for the TV shows Faking It, Two and a Half Men, and an episode of Friday Night Lights. Hmm. I picked three different shows that she's known for. Yeah. NYPD Blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great show. Yeah. Charmed. Oh, Charmed, okay. Cool. And actually, I only picked two. <laughs> nice. Anna's is a very, uh, very striking lady. Yeah, you know her long, her curly um, blonde hair. She really yeah. struck, like, stood out for me. I don't know, something about her. Okay, she's a very striking lady. Sure. Um, yeah, I think you know she loves the bad boys. Mm. You know, and it's good how we were talking about this in the car, like on the way over. Um, all the way over to I, I now rename these studios the H E Penny Packer Studios. So uh, the new Bidwell Bar Studios, H.E. Pennypacker Studios. So there you go. Excellent. Yeah. So on the way to H.E. Pennypacker. Thank you, Mr. Pennypacker, Thank for you, funding Mr. our studios. Yes. Yep. He's the, off in, you know, In the silver mine in Peru. Peru. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. One. Actually, no, no. He cancelled that. He's building a roller coaster. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm, Machu yep. Picchu. Mm, Machu Picchu. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yep. But anyway, on the way to H.E. Pennypacker Studios. Um, now, we were talking about how there's those tropes in, like, 50s and 60s films where there's, like, the bad boy and the innocent virgin and then there's, like, the mother... The matriarch, you know, who tries to stop the woman from or seeing just, the boy. Just parents in general try and protect their kid from the bad yeah. boy. Yeah, and I think that's what they were trying to go for in this like subplot. I think Elaine was meant to be like the mother. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. We both said that. Um, it kind of reminded me. It reminded me of Greece. Yeah, Greece. You know, I yeah. mean, there's no parental figure in Greece, no. but just the fact that Danny Zuko's the bad boy and uh, Sandy Olson. Oh. No, not Sandy. 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 Yeah. 
um, Sandra D. Sandy, Sandy Newton John. Yes, yeah, Sandra D. <laughs> Newton John. Yeah, yeah. She's sort of the you know the virginal innocent sort of sheltered young girl from Sydney. Yeah, from <laughs> Sydney. Good for you going back to Australia. Yeah. We had a change of plans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love that movie. Yeah, it's a great film. I, I thought it was maybe because I've never seen Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, but I I thought that. Jason Alexander was probably trying to channel James Dean, you okay. know, from Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Or something. Like, I've never seen it, but I'm sure yeah. it's those kind of tropes. You know, there's like the innocent girl, and he's like the bad boy with, yeah. the, with like the car. George and was just the mother, sort of that. You know? He was just an archetype, really. Yeah, an archetype of like the bad boy from like the 50s or yeah. 60s. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably relate it to ten different sort of things, but mm. yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of anything specifically. Um, if you know, if you know whether that scene was inspired by a particular movie or yeah. TV show, let us know, huh? Let us know. Yeah. Um, or if you can think of anything else that you know, maybe it's close to in terms of inspiration or, you know, George's sort of uh, acting. Yeah, yeah, let us know. I read the the notes about this episode, and they said that Anna, like, I didn't pick it, but Anna is Elaine's secretary. Okay, is that right? No, she didn't seem like a secretary. Like, when they were having a meeting, mm. you know, like, Anna was late and she came in. I thought she was, like, part of the, you know, the design team or, well, I, you know, like, maybe the advertising team. You know how well, they I thought she that. was. Either, I thought she was part of the advertising or marketing team. Yeah. Because she asks, yeah. cause she asks um, Elaine if she can approve some copy. Yeah, that's you know, right. Secretaries don't write copy. No, they don't. Usually, you know, people in marketing or advertising write it because yeah, it's a yeah. specific. It's something you have to be trained on. Exactly. Like that's yes. why I read it. And I thought secretary. Yeah. I don't remember her being a secretary. I mean, I can yeah. kind of see it, unless she took that copy from someone else and she's yeah. just maybe just, just, just like a PA or something. Personal yeah, assistant. but yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that. I mean, she didn't. She was obviously her subordinate because yeah. Elaine, at the time of this episode, is running the company. Yeah, yeah. everyone's below her. Peterman's in Burma or Myanmar, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll always be Burma to It'll him. Always be Burma to him. So technically, it's Burma. That's right, Burma. <laughs> yeah, yes. um, uh, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't come across as like boss, secretarial, PA role. Just you know, yeah, she was part of a copywriting team or advertising yeah. team or something. Okay. So yeah, I'd, 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 I'd doubt that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what else to say about her. I mean, you know, like she's definitely like a wide-eyed. You know, like deer in the headlights kind of character. Yeah. You know, I I, I think that with her, I think regardless of, you know, who someone looks like, like mm. George, she's just attracted to the bad boy side. Yeah. Like maybe she I had like a more... sheltered childhood, like maybe her parents never let her out to go dancing or, you know, That's to exactly go to like what I said. the prom or, you know, they were like, lock up your daughters. Yeah. You know? We don't, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's pretty safe to assume that she probably had a sheltered childhood. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, whether maybe her parents were afraid or maybe something bad happened to her mum. Yeah. You know, she sort of put that on her. Um, or, you know, could have been fatherly as well. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think she just had some sort of restricted sheltered childhood. I think she likes the idea of people more than people themselves. Okay. You know, well, what do you mean by that? Well, she... George introduces himself at yeah. the start, at the, yeah. at the party... Straight away, she's turned off by him. As soon as uh, sort of Elaine creates more of a concept of George rather than George who he is, even though it's just a lie, I think she's just attracted to fantasies more than reality. That's and, all. And one thing that confused me as well, like, you know, George never gave Anna her, her his number. No. How did she get George's number? Did Elaine give it to her? I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Elaine would have George's number. Okay. You know, because George, yeah, George. But, but then Elaine George says, implies that he doesn't give her his number. Yeah. Give, uh, yeah, give her his number because he says when he's at, at the diner with Jerry, he says, and out of nowhere, 
Out of nowhere, she called. So that him. would suggest that. But why would Elaine give her the number if Elaine doesn't want him associating with the staff, infecting her staff? I don't know. He's That's a, a good disease. Question. He's a virus. I don't know. I don't know. That was a bit of a, a bit of a plot hole. I was like, yeah, mm, maybe right. it's like the sixty-eight verse sixty-seven uh, GTO. It's just a. <laughs> A, a bad bit of writing. I don't know. It was just it just didn't make sense. It was like a little like it wasn't a significant plot hole, but it just I thought you know what? That, Actually, I could yeah. see someone like Anna once she's sort of turned on or t- enticed by George being a bad boy. Oh, she looks maybe, at like the records. Yeah, oh, well, maybe maybe maybe, yeah. maybe Elaine, you know, was out to lunch or in a meeting or something, and she snuck into her office and went through her personal oh, organizer okay. or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And saw George's I, number. Yeah, I do yeah. have a note saying that I think she gets. Uh, in general gets a bit of a rush from doing things that are forbidden. Yeah, yeah. Not just George or seeing bad boys, but just, you know, breaking the rules yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. So you very know very daring yeah, personality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just for a bit of a bit of a rush, bit of an adrenaline rush. So, you know, based on that, I think, yeah, she probably would have snuck into Elaine's office and uh-huh. nicked the number from a nice. personal diary or something like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else about her? No, that was it. I mean, you know, her character wasn't too bad. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she served the purpose of the yeah. of the role and, you mm. know, I wish they gave her a bit more, but, you know. Yeah, I'll, she didn't really She seemed a little bit one-dimensional, uh, one-dimensional yeah. to me, you know. Like, I yeah. wish they gave her a bit more substance. Yeah. But. I think she was just more to serve the purpose of, of George. The, of the George, yeah. Yeah. Because we, we mentioned in the car as well that originally, like, the whole like little kicks thing was like Elaine's subplot but then yep. it morphed into like George's subplot yeah you know? I mean it kind of comes back to being story. Elaine at the end yeah yeah but yeah it's sort of how it intertwines with Jerry's yeah. subplot yeah. yeah 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 we couldn't figure out is is the A story Elaine's or George's or is it both because it's, it's not clear I don't know but for me like we'll, we'll talk about where like the episode turns up in our in our list but mm. I think with like the Elaine subplot I found it to be too tacked on and I think yep. it was a bit derivative like mm. I think it could have been done better mm-hmm. I really love Jerry's subplot like mm. of him being a bootlegger yep. like it was wacky but it worked yeah you know and this and don't worry if, in case Seinfeld fans you're like oh you don't like season 8 or season 9 you think they're weird you know you get some people who like get really you know yeah. they get really protective of those no Bizarro Jerry is my fourth ever favourite Seinfeld episode yeah. so you know I love season 8 and season 9 yeah but and this has nothing to do with it but I just think that I don't know just the Elaine story just didn't quite work yeah you know I think it worked with the dancing the dancing was hilarious oh yeah that was and they perfect they could have that's they definitely could've... one of the most iconic scenes in Seinfeld yeah like that's... especially for Elaine yeah yeah but I just I think they could have done more with that yeah and gotten rid of the George bad boy crap I just didn't uh, yeah, like that yeah I just didn't get it actually I I think it was a good idea to include George in her storyline because he was at the party yeah but not as this attractive bad boy who's forbidden to a, an employee I just think if they included George in that plot line I don't like I don't know how they'd do it but yeah just the the bad boy thing was just I don't know. It was pretty dumb. Yeah, I just I didn't like it too much. That's fair enough. Yeah, well, like overall, I think for Anna, like her character served the purpose well. Yeah. But I just wish I, you know, I wish there was more substance. Yeah. to her. Yeah, because she was seen as like a one-dimensional damsel in distress. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, that kind of trope gets a bit old. Yeah, tiring. Definitely. Anyway, I didn't write the show, so yeah, yeah, yeah. all good. All right, Brody. Yeah, played by Neil Giuntoli. I think that's how you say it. Giuntoli. Giuntoli. Is Known, it? Is it John? Probably John Tolley, yeah. probably. Okay. Known for the Shawshank Redemption as Jigger. He's one of the uh, prisoners mm-hmm. in Shawshank Redemption. I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. I saw him and I'm like, he looks familiar. Because mm. Shawshank Redemption, I, we, I've told you in season two. It's, it's your favourite ever movie. Yeah, and I was like, he looks familiar. Where have I seen him? Shawshank Redemption, yes. He was one of the prisoners. Perfect. 
And he was also in the films Memphis Belle, Waterworld, and Child's Play. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Brody, really dangerous dude. Yeah. Probably I, one of the most dangerous secondaries ever on the show. Yeah, top yeah. five. Like, I think, like, him showing his gun to Jerry was like... It took it to another it took, level. It did, didn't it? It was like, whoa, this guy... Because I thought, you know, when you see him going into the cinema, you think, oh, he's just like a dodgy guy, you know? Mm. You think he's just like some seedy drifter or something, you know? You just you don't think much of him. Yeah. But I think as soon as, like, you know, he says to Jerry, you know, record the video, record the, you know, and then Jerry's like, no. Yeah. I think... In a way, like having him having it show that he's like a crim, or yep. like a thug, mm. like with a gun. Mm. I think that kind of justified why Jerry started filming the movie. Like, yeah. you know, he has to do it out of fear. Yeah, yeah. If the scene just cut and Jerry's like, "No, I'm not doing it," and it's like dies. that's the end of it. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. So I think they. I think as soon as Brody did that, that changed the scene. I was like, "Oh, okay, this guy means business. You yeah, know, he's got a gun. Yep. You know, it's like, oh shit. Okay, they, they set up a yeah, lot of secondary yeah. characters in." in a lot of episodes to sort of at the you know when you first introduce the to them in say an episode uh, like the the mandelbaums come to mind where you know they try and act tough but they can't back it up no it's just all hot air you know like the only other character that comes to mind who acts tough and is intimidating but can actually back it up and acts on it is crazy joe davola oh yeah you know but there are a lot of characters who sort of you know, they their their actions don't match the impression that they give. Yeah, yeah. You know, as characters and the way they're written as well. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think this one is like, yeah, it's he's it's, full on, and he even borrows like the baseball bat. Yeah, from, from Kramer, it's like, oh, he means business. Yeah, they don't really sort of. Um, there's no comedic element to his character. No, not really. You no, know, like he's just a straight up thug. Like he's you the said. serious relief. Yeah, <laughs> not the yeah, comic that's relief. true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says some funny things. Yeah, and there's some funny scenes with him in it, but he's not. Yeah, he's not a comedian. He's a very sinister guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've got an idea. I think he works... I don't think he works for, but I think he is affiliated with organized crime. Yeah. Because pre-internet, uh, you know, especially sort of the mafia in, in New York, the Italian-American mafia... Mm-hmm. You know, they were heavily involved with bootlegging anything. Anything, yeah. Booze, you know, booze porn. Whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. bootlegging uh, movies in the cinemas and uh, selling them on the street uh, as VHS copies. Yeah. Sure, they were involved in that. Yeah. So I don't think he's part of the mafia. I don't think he's that sort of... No, he's just kind of like an underling, but he's yeah. kind of like someone who probably like... Like an associate. Like an associate. So, he, so someone else probably gets the orders, gives it to someone else, he gives it yep. to someone else, he gives it to yep. Brody. You know but what he I mean? obviously yeah. runs his own crew because he does mention other people um you know that he that yeah. he gives jobs he's so, probably like the leader yeah and maybe he just he gives jobs to like the, the yeah. underlings yeah. yeah i think yeah. he's just got a small little crew maybe two or three people yeah because jerry says like i need two guys uh to to to, to film cry cry are again. you out of your mind yeah yeah you know i need headsets because i want to be able to talk to them yeah it's like what <laughs> yeah I, I love how jerry becomes like this prima donna director. yeah he's like this demanding this diva he's yeah. like i want this and yep. this and this yep. That's it. And he I'm walks out. off. Yeah, I'm off the project. Yep. Typical. And it's it's funny too because like he's playing he's playing like a director in like a proper major motion picture. Yeah. But then he's like a director of a bootlegging yeah. like <laughs> racketeering business. And he's like and he bootlegs he, one film. Yeah, and then he suddenly he's and freaking it's accidentally yeah. good. It's not even and he thinks intentionally he's, good. And he thinks he's Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, well, that he can make all these demands. Yeah, I know. It's it's good. I like that's very clever writing. Yeah. I like how they did that. Yeah. That was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's got a soft spot for films. Maybe he wanted to be a filmmaker. Oh, or yeah, something because yeah. he's he's really blown away by Jerry's work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it moves him. Maybe he's, he studied like film or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think 
you know, like someone who doesn't care about film, they would judge the worth of that film based on how many copies it sells. But he's moved by the quality of the work, yeah. not how many copies it sells. So, yeah, I think he's he's either a film buff or maybe he was a film student or... Yeah, yeah. You know, there's... He there's was some, definitely involved in film. There's some passion, uh, you know, with film in some way. Um, I, and especially, like, before you get into that as well, mm. I find that I find that point very valid, like what you just mentioned. Yeah. Because, like, he does bootlegs. Like, he could have just done bootlegs for, like, blockbuster films like Death Blow. Yep. But he does art house films. Yeah. So, clearly, yeah, he does enjoy the medium. Mm. Like, you know, why would you want a bootleg version of Cry Cry Again? Yeah. It's like, what? Why? Yeah. You know? It doesn't That's make true. sense. I think he does it for his own satisfaction. His own satisfaction. Not, I think I don't, he made I a really good point I don't think there, yeah. customers on the street are demanding art house films. Oh, unless they see Elaine doing the little kicks. Yeah. That's you true. Know, at the end, but that's right after again. he after he gets uh, Jerry to film it. Yeah, it just it just tears apart at the end there. Yeah, yeah there's a woman who, who appears <laughs> injured and she's dancing and you watch it and you yeah. cry. No, you, you watch the film and then you cry and then you watch that and you cry again. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Ending. Really good, perfect good cover up. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed as well, he's he's very humor, like he's intense, but he also has no. I think what adds to his intensity is the fact that he's humorless. There's, the, he doesn't laugh, he doesn't smile, he's just dead. Yeah. There's no emotion at all. You know, even when he's expressing the, the um, you know, how much he enjoyed Jerry's uh, Cry Cry Again take. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, Death Blow take. He, he sort of, he just says it really, like, neutrally. Yeah. There's no, yeah. you know, I don't know, I think, I think he's a bit of a, a sociopath. Oh, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> he's a thug. Definitely. He's a crim. Yeah. Gun-coating crim. Do you think he's been to prison before? I think so, yeah. Do you think he's involved in other crimes or just uh, movie piracy? Oh, well, <laughs> probably extortion. True. By the by, the way he grabs the baseball bat That's from Trevor. Yeah. Extortion. Do you think um, yeah. he went to... Like, who do you think he beat up with that baseball bat and why? Like probably. Someone, someone probably who didn't. Maybe he's a loan shark. Okay. Or maybe, you know, he paid... You know, like, he owed... He, you know, let people borrow Where's money. Where's my money? Where's my money? Yeah, Where's whack. Where's my fucking money? Where's my money? Okay. Whack. You know. Right. You know, where, where's the package back? Whack. You yeah. Know what I, mean? Whack, I thought maybe yeah. I thought maybe someone tried to do what Jerry almost did by saying he's not going to film, um, or you know, oh, just maybe, tries to like maybe, maybe not like take a, it maybe seriously. A or something. Yeah. yeah like you know, yeah, yeah. like I need maybe. I need you know <laughs> I need Rochelle Rochelle filmed by and four o'clock tomorrow, yeah. and he's like, nah, you know, like just doing it casually. Yeah. yeah. And he had to go over and uh, you know <laughs> beat him up with a baseball bat. And the baseball bat. Line. Yeah. And the baseball bat's like an ominous warning to Jerry. Yeah. It's basically, like if you screw up. This is going for you. Yeah. This do you think maybe in. he did that intentionally as like a subtle intimidation? Yeah, like, yeah. like an know. ominous warning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. I'd That's, say so. Mm. Yeah, no, I found his character like I didn't mind his character, but he yep. was quite uh, quite sinister. I think I thought he was well cast. Yeah, he was, I thought he, he was, was too, the right. Yeah. He was the right amount of intense. He was the he right. Wasn't, he was the right kind. Yeah, he yeah. was a good actor. Yeah, good acting. Yeah. Very. Um, I thought maybe he was overly like as a as a as a person. Maybe he dials up the intensity intentionally because he's quite a short person. Yeah. You know maybe uh, short man syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, he has to sort of put it on to make up for his own insecurities. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I, yeah, I liked him. Cool. Yeah. And a little bit about the street vendor in the uh, credit scene. Uh, not much about him, but do you think he's part of Brody's racketeering kind of gang? Or well, he's I don't just think he's like part of his crew, but no. I'm sure, he, I'm sure it's a, I don't think there's many, um, uh, uh, you know, street vendors in New York. Because, you know, it's all, it's, it's sort of, you kind of get the 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 um the idea that it's all you know Brody's um vendors sell like around Jerry's yeah, apartment. Yeah. So I think they're all local. So if he's not directly involved, I'm sure he has something to do with it. They know they would know of each other. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's like a rival ring. 
Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think about that, but okay. I don't think he worked directly for him. Oh, fair enough. But I think, yeah. you know, he would be aware of them. They, you know, they work in the same world. But he knows Jerry. He's, yeah. He's like, you're the, you shot Craig Craig yeah. again? Well, he, he, only, he only knows Jerry because yeah. he overhears Jerry saying, I shot that. You shot Death Blow? Yeah. It's that beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah uh, I didn't have anything else against uh, about the um, about the vendor. No, no. Yep. Actually, I did have one thing about Dugan. Duggan. Oh, Dugan. Is it Dugan? I think it's Dugan. Yeah. Yeah. When he's reading his, even though it's uh, um, uh, you know, like a a, a, um, a a Jay Peterson. Peterman. Peterman. Peterson. What Peterson. <laughs> even though it's a Jay Peterman, nice. uh, you know, catalog piece. When he's reading his his words, making fun of Elaine. Yeah. For some reason, it sounded very Shakespearean to me. Sort of very. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so he's yeah. probably like he was in theater or something. I was gonna say maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he's just like a very charismatic guy. Yeah, you know, he's you know, just like a, I don't know, just kind of had a thespian sort of air to it. But he's still very intimidated by Elaine. Yeah, like you know, like when Elaine confronts him yeah. and says, "Don't we went make to sure." The park. Yeah, where do they go yeah. to the park? And she, he's shitting himself. Yeah. So probably like behind behind her back, mm. he does. I think he even insulted her dancing. I think it was him. Yeah, there's uh, a scene yeah. where Elaine's turned the yeah, other it way. Yeah, it was him and another him and woman. another woman. And then as she and turns she around, they walk off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Cle- clearly, he's scared of Elaine face-to-face, but behind behind her back. And in, Yeah, I don't think he would have... Um, even though, you know, Elaine wasn't picking up what he was saying, Yeah, I don't think he would have taken that risk of making fun of her uh, on his own. No. He only did it in He probably did in front of the group, yeah, yeah to get group he felt safer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, do you have anything else about any other secondary characters? Nah, that's it for me. Yeah, same. Cool. So that was The Little Kicks, Season 8, Episode 4. What did you think of the episode? Let us know. Uh, we'll have a little break. What do you reckon, Steve? Uh, yeah. We'll come back, talk about our top 10 secondary characters, where this episode sits in our top 38, our burgeoning list. <laughs> <laughs> it's 38 at the moment. Uh, some Seinfeldisms, Seinfeld trivia, and some fan mail. You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Where's my boy? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sitting at home reading a periodical, and this is the call I get. My son is a bootlegger. Ow. Who put you up to this? Was it her? All right, wait a minute. I think you've got it backwards. My George isn't clever enough to hatch a scheme like this. We got that right. What the hell does that mean? That means whatever the hell you want it to mean. You saying you want a piece of me? I could drop you like a bag of dirt. You want a piece of me? You got it! And Stephen, today we talked about the little kicks from season eight. Uh, out of our thirty-eight episodes that we've reviewed so far, where does the little kicks sit? Well, I I jumped around a bit on this. So initially, I think because Elaine's dancing is so hilarious, oh, it, it, it makes it, doesn't it? Basically. Yeah, but yeah. once once you sort of um, not get over it, but once you in your mind once that's less important when it comes to like where does this episode sit and you put it aside and think about what makes up the rest of the episode yeah I realised I didn't like a lot of it mm-hmm. yeah I was in the same boat too yeah yeah. there are quite a few episodes and most of my bottom five or ten are in are that low because of this reason where there's there's highlights there's there's you know the, the good stuff's really good and the rest is just filler yeah yeah you know? sure and that's what I thought about this episode okay. so uh, it comes in at number 31. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Th- 31 out of 38. Yeah, so okay. normally we read our top 10. I'll read my bottom 10 because we haven't gone through that in a while. So yeah. uh, from 29 down to 38, we've got the Puffy Shirt, uh, the Seven, the Little Kicks at 31, the Blood, the Jimmy, the Wife, the Puerto Rican Day, the Soup Nazi, the Heart Attack, 
the mom and pop store and uh, Lucky Last, the strong box. Yeah, yeah. What about you? For me, I I put it at number 25. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, I think a lot of it's like... You know, very derivative, and you know, it's mm-hmm. not. It's quite a weak. I think the lane subplot. Like I watched it the first time, and I, from what I remember, the the, the dancing was hilarious. Yeah. But the dancing doesn't. It's not enough to kind of push an episode yeah. forward. Like I love Jerry's subplot. I thought it was like wacky, but it was awesome at the same time. But yep. no, I felt like Elaine's one was kind of tacked on. Uh, I didn't like the way how Elaine's story became George's story. Yeah. Like I didn't like that. I'd ra- like when there's subplots like that, I'd rather it just stick with the same character. Like yep. it's just my kind of thing. Yep. Um, you know, it's all well and good if they kind of weave in together. But well, this this did a good job. We we were saying uh, before on the way over to the studio that the the you know one thing Seinfeld does well when there's three or four storylines happening concurrently yeah. is usually they tie in really end of the well. It all wraps up. This did that, which yeah, was did, really yeah, good. Yeah. But as it was happening, it was just a bit muddled. Yeah, and, uh, I mean the destination was great, but yeah, the journey not so the much. journey was a huge it was a hard slog. Yeah, in like economy class, you know, you haven't had a shower. Yep. got an eight an eight hour long flight. Yeah, you smell. Yeah, yeah, yep. like and you haven't brushed your teeth. You're like, yeah, oh. that, that's that's what it felt like to and me. And the only movies are like Marvel movies that you've seen seven times. Yeah, and, I know, yep, yep. I know, and that, that's that's what Elaine's story felt like to me. Okay, this episode just felt like a slog. Yep. to get through. Mm. Um, yeah, it just felt like it was tacked on. I think it sounds like a lot of things were just put together at the last minute. Yep, mm. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just one of those things. But, you know, nonetheless, I'd probably say it's an okay episode, maybe mm-hmm. average to below. Um, but that's why I put it at 25, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so my... Well, we'll go from 38 to 25. My episodes are... Uh, my least favourite ever is uh, so far is The Stakeout, uh, The Heart Attack, The Puerto Rican Day, The Pen, The Strong Box, The Merv Griffin Show, The Old Man, The Wife, Millennium, The Baby Shower, The Seven, The Shoes, Good News, Bad News, The Pilot, uh, and The Little Kicks. Cool. Yeah. Fair mm. enough. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Do any of the characters appear in your top 10? No, they do not. Yeah, same. No. Nah. If you want to hear either of our top 10 character lists, just listen to the last few weeks and uh, we go through them. So Yeah. And we've revamped our YouTube channel. So uh, next week we'll be putting up a video where we talk about our top 10 secondary characters. Yeah, we'll elaborate a bit more and we'll... Um, yeah. It'll be a bit prettier. Yeah, find us on YouTube, Bidwabask. <laughs> just type that in, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, and uh, you'll find our channel. Be sure to subscribe. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some um, some video content, which will be fun. Looking mm. forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. That should be good. Seinfeldisms. Yes. What happened this week? I have two. All right. What happened to you? So one's related to last week. So last week I mentioned that my Seinfeldism uh, was uh, just by accident I discovered an American uh, R&B singer by the name of Bosco. Bosco. That's right. Yeah. We were meant to play some music. That's right. And we <laughs> didn't. Oh, well. Um, and I decided to message her on oh, Facebook. Okay, cool. Just to ask her if her name... Because I think I last week I sort of, you know, half-jokingly posed the question, like, I wonder if it's a Seinfeld restu- uh, restaurant reference. reference. I was hoping we'd get, like, fan mail from her and be like, hey, guys, this is Bosco. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. She's a Seinfeld fan. She might listen to the pod. Well... I oh. found out that it's not Seinfeld related. So I messaged her on Facebook. So she's actually a fan of the chocolate sauce? No. <laughs> it's actually her surname. Oh, okay. So no shit. I messaged her, I think, on... So we're recording on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I think I messaged her on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Thinking three days will be enough. If she's going to get back to me, that will be enough time. She's. N- it's not like she's, you know, huge and she's got... Nah, nah. You know, she checks her own Facebook, basically. Her own uh, artist page. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think on Saturday night or Sunday morning, I, I noticed that she'd seen the message, but there was no response. And I thought, eh, you know, I didn't think about it. And about two minutes before we hit record for this episode, 
I got an alert on my phone. Oh, is that what you were laughing about? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. So I'll read out her response. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's why you went, oh, like before we started recording, you made like a sound. I was like, what? What happened? So uh, my message, and I quote is, hi there, is your artist name anything to do with Seinfeld? (laughs) Her response, no, it's my real last name. Oh, cool. So I don't think she was too impressed. No, she did. She's no. like, how dare you? It's my real name. Well, you should say, listen to our podcast and watch the uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> Promote it. That's your chance. That's an opportunity to plug the show right there. True. It's like, where, you know, as, as a celebrity like yourself, you know, we've got to promote our work. As a celebrity. <laughs> I'll scratch my back, you scratch yours. Exactly. Uh, sorry, you scratch my... Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. That, but uh, I don't want to be a tertiary character. <laughs> so my second Seinfeldism is kind of the same thing. But in my uh, research for this episode, I just typed in the Little Kicks on Google. Yeah. And I came across a Scottish band whose name is the Little Kicks. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're like indie rock sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Didn't really do much for me, but, you know, they're a good band. Uh, did you email them and ask them if they were I a sign for reference? I mentioned them on Facebook. Oh, yeah. What do they say? Uh, I'll just bring it up. I'm just on my phone now. Oh, just... man. It's just going to be like a new segment. We're like, <laughs> we'll just email bands that have Seinfeld-esque names. Why and not? say, hey, what's the deal? Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll read our little exchange. I said, hey, guys, love the tune. Just wanting to know if your band name is a Seinfeld reference. Uh, they responded, Hi there, thanks for the message. Glad you like them. And yeah, it is. It's our favourite episode. Belter, which is like a, uh, a UK term for like sweet or good. It's a fucking belter. <laughs> Hope to see you at a gig sometime soon, Steve. Not going to happen because they're in Scotland. Of course. And uh, yeah, I thank them for getting back to me. So I thought that was pretty nifty. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So thanks for the little kicks. Thank you very much. You gave much. me a little kick with your reply. You sure <laughs> You sure did. Do you have any Seinfeldisms? No, none for this week. Ah, oh, well, you can read trivia then. Yeah, I can. Seinfeldia, we call it. So every week... You know, we get our desktop calendar and we read the trivia segment or the trivia uh, fact. For that day. For that day. Now, what's today? Monday the... No, Tuesday, March 6th. Tuesday, March 6th. There you go. Jeez, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. Uh, Okay, here we go. Although four principal actors were nominated for Emmys during Seinfeld's run, only Michael Richards and Julia Louis-Dreyfus won. Hmm. Michael Richards won three Emmys and Julia won once. Okay. So, George, Jason never won and neither did Jerry. Hmm. There you go. They were nominated several times, but... I can understand no why Jerry didn't receive an acting award. I mean, but, he's yeah. hilarious, but he's not... You know, he's the least professional actor. Of course. But I don't know how George... George, George, George yeah. I mean, Jason, Jason never won. Yeah. It's like, come on. He could have... He, he should have won at least... I reckon he should have won, like, maybe season seven when Susan died. Yep. Or maybe, like, season four. Yep. You know, like, that was yep. probably his best season. You yeah. You know, maybe, maybe five, you know? Yeah. I mean, Kramer and Elaine did... You know, amazing characters. Yeah. But I th- I'd say George is probably the most iconic part of Seinfeld other than Jerry. Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, there's a bar named after him. <laughs> Which we're going to. <laughs> Which we are. That's a good segue. Indeed it is. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up um, and before our listener mail, we are doing a live show. So on Sunday, March 18, which is about a week and a half uh, we're going to be at George's Bar in Melbourne, which is in Fitzroy in Australia. That's right. And we're talking about the contest and its secondary characters. That's right. So Can't we're going to be uh, kicking off around 6.30 p.m. Uh, it's free entry. Um, we'll be talking for about an hour and a half or so. And it's, like I said, it's at George's Bar, which is a Seinfeld-themed bar or a George Costanza-themed bar, more specifically, in case yeah. you uh, didn't know. Um, yeah, and it'll be our 50th episode. And we'll be recording it and releasing it as a normal podcast episode the week after. Yeah, can't wait. So, yeah, if you want to come along, come along. When you control the mail, you control 
information. And Stephen, as part of fan mail this week, we got a, uh, a comment on our YouTube channel, a new subscriber, our latest one, Mark Swisher. Swisher? Yeah. Mark Swisher. Hey, Mark. Mark S. Yes. I was going to say MS, but that's... Hmm. <laughs> no, um, no. A bit no. problematic. Yeah. Um, Mark says, I don't see your ugly mugs. If you listen to last week's episode, you know what we're talking about. Uh, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mark. Appreciate Kind that. words. I, look, I think we're a bit harsh on ourselves. We're not ugly. <laughs> I think we're just... Yeah. yeah. Well, you're the one that said you're ugly. Yeah, I know. I was, I know. I was trying to like make you feel better, so... <laughs> you did. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm but, beautiful. Yeah. We're, inside we're, and out. Yes. We're fabulous. Yes. Yes. And thank you very much, Mark, for that uh, kind comment. No, we appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, if you'd like to send us some fan mail, uh, email. If you think we're ugly, get in oh, touch no, with us. No, no, no. Bidwabaskpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. You sounded like, um, uh, shit, what's her name from Family Guy? No, 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 Lemon Pledge. No. You know the, you know the cleaner? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, bidwabaspodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, bidwabas.com, and you can follow us on socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Insta at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Drop us a like, subscribe to the podcast. We're on everything, basically, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that jazz. Yep. And uh, rate and review us. We'd love to get your feedback on the podcast, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, That's right. And next week's episode is... The, the phone message. That's right. Beep. Leave a message. <laughs> God, that's so 90s, isn't it? 2000. Yeah, it is. My goodness. Great episode, though. Phone yeah, message. yeah, I do like it. George's scheme. Speaking of um, 90s references, uh, when Jerry's trying to get off the phone to Elaine, you know when Elaine's trying to hit up Jerry about why the oh, workers, yeah. and he's like, uh... Call waiting. Yeah, he clicks his water bottle. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, that's my call waiting. Mm-hmm. I've got to go. Yeah. My call waiting, wow. Wow, that's perfect. Yeah, I remember when you, uh, you know, in the 90s and even in the early 2000s when um, I still had 56 kbps internet. Um, oh, if you that's quick. Yeah, if you didn't turn your call waiting off and a call came through, it would disconnect. That's almost so as fast as NBN speeds. Yeah, so I'd be like halfway <laughs> through downloading like a Sunk Lodo song or something on uh, Napster. Oh, you wow. Know, and it'd be, you weren't sued by Metallica? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. It's probably named in that, that, um, in that lawsuit. That's, yeah, that lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and the call would come through. I'd, so I'd, I'd be so excited to download one song off Napster. It would take about half an hour. It'd be like an 8 meg MP3. Yeah. Forget to turn call waiting off because I was just so, so stoked. <laughs> and then a call would come through and, and like, it would be no. like a telemarketer or like a pointless call yep. which would just, you know, add, a, add insult to injury. And it would cut my download oh, in half. Sorry, for, sorry for airing my traumatic, you know. Airing your grievances. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> anyway, my name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. Thanks for listening. And next week we'll be back with the phone message and its secondary characters. So thanks heaps and we'll see you next week. Catch up. Yeah.